It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. Well, you know, dear friends, uh, when Rich and I were sitting in the studio here in preparation for the program, um, we just thought we want to talk directly to you. Uh, and um, there have been a lot of things on my mind, as you can imagine. I mean, for goodness sakes, we don't have to go into the Afghanistan situation now. What a disaster. What a disaster. But that's all in the news, so you'll get all that and everything else. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk about things that other things uh, instead of the news. Um, when I woke up this morning, uh, an old hymn came into my mind. I haven't heard the old hymn for so long, but for some reason, um, it just popped in. So I went to the archives, and I thought, let's um, let's open the program today, and let our audience just enjoy it. Those who remember it, and maybe it'll be new to many others. Here it is. Brightly beams our Father's mercy From his lighthouse evermore But to us he gives the keeping Of the lights along the shore let the lower lights be burning Send the gleam across the wave Some poor fainting, struggling seaman You may rescue, you may save Dark the night of sin has settled Loud the angry billows roar Eager eyes are watching longing For the lights along the shore let the lower lights be burning Send a gleam across the wave Some poor fainting, struggling seaman You may rescue, you may save Trim your feeble lamp, my brother Some poor sailor, tempest-tossed Trying now to make the harbor In the darkness may be lost 
Let the lower lights be burning Send the gleam across the way Some poor fainting, struggling seaman You may rescue, you may save isn't that an amazing thought, Rich? It just conjures up a lot of a lot of image, doesn't it? I was thinking of the Bible verse where Jesus says, You are the light of the world, and let yeah. your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And you see, in the lyrics, it mentions uh, the safety of a harbor. And that's what the light is. That's what a witness is all about. But, you know, a ship was not made to stay in the harbor. A ship was made to get out on the on the roaring sea and cross the ocean or wherever it's headed. But the harbor is where you go when you need help, you need safety. That's kind of like a church, isn't it? Find a good Bible-believing church, a good Bible-preaching church, and that'll be your congregation. That'll be your harbor. But then, for goodness sakes, don't don't forget to get out there and be the witness. And um, anyway, I could go on and on about that. Uh, you, you know, know Rich, uh, Dad, yeah. that, that's interesting to me because I don't know enough about lighthouses to understand what he means when he says, uh, let the lower lights be burning. Well, uh, maybe somebody in our audience knows about lighthouses and can explain that to us. What is that <laughs> allegory of let the lower light? Why the lower light? I think I think now I don't know, but I think it was the lower lights that then the light that turned around and around had to line up with, and when the two lined up, you knew where safe passage was. But we'll have to look into that this right. week. <laughs> anyway, now who gave us this music? Who gave us this song? Because there was another song I want our listeners to ponder on during this kind of a kind of a special program. Uh, who was it? It was God. God gave the song. And right now, I was just reading an article earlier today how um, how Christian organizations and some companies that are owned by Christians that have um, a very strong feeling of right and wrong, uh, while they were being sued and, and uh, fined and on and on and on, I can't ever remember a time, folks, when Christianity, I mean genuine Christianity, was under such attack. Um, of course, it's always been, you know, to one extent or another, but not like today. Not like it is right now. Not moving in the direction. And this song really kind of speaks about that. Listen to it. Here it is. Since 
Yes, God gave the song. It's always been with us. There always was the song. The song came to us through a manger. Many years ago, a manger in Bethlehem. It was a simple song, a simple, lovely song for every man. Right from the first, some tried to ignore the song. They said, there's no song, it just simply doesn't exist. Others tried to change the tune. Why, they even passed laws to stop it. Yes, and armies marched against it. They killed some who sang the song. They screamed at it in fury. They tried to drown it out. And finally, they nailed that song to a tree. They said, there, that should take care of that. <laughs> But it didn't. Praise God. What's that I hear? Will I still hear that music day after day? That song goes on. The world has fun. You know, folks, isn't that interesting that Christ came to us, frankly, as an unborn baby, 
And then when he was born, he was this little one. And uh, there's something very important in that thought. When you reach the children, when you reach the children when they're very, very young, and you teach them about the Bible, and you talk to them about their life, you talk to them about learning and, uh, and growing up and all of those wonderful things that take place on the journey of life, uh, that's the starting point. You know, if you wait till they're 16 or 18 or 20, that's fine. Whenever a person can be reached for the cause of Christ and from, from a witness, why, well, that's good. But the best is to reach them before they have too many regrets. And uh, several years ago, I don't know, probably almost 10 years ago, I heard a young boy in Arkansas. I wasn't there, but I did get a copy of the recording. And the church had put on this this year-long, um, in, in their church, their congregation, for the families to read through the Bible each day, each day, each day, sitting around the dinner table. And then at the end of that time, they had a time for the, some of the children to tell what they had learned, what they had learned. And this nine-year-old boy, he has to be about 20 now, or maybe 19 or 18. I don't know. I have to look him up and find out. But this nine-year-old boy did this recitation in front of the audience, in front of, in front of the congregation. Can you imagine how intimidating that could be, you know? But he was well, he was well-schooled. He knew what he wanted to say. And, uh, and so many, I've used this before, even recently, so many listeners, they commented, they called our listener comment line, and they said that meant a lot to them, and they wanted to know more about that. Uh, so I thought, with this program, that it would be good to repeat that. Uh, what are you thinking about now, Rich? Well, I want to share the listener comment line number, 1-800-345-2621. Yeah. We'd love to hear from more of our listeners. 1-800-345-2621, and uh, we'd appreciate it if you would call. So let's, uh, let's, uh, uh, let's hear what this nine-year-old boy, you know, I mentioned on the other broadcast, from the mouth of babes. <laughs> let's hear what he has to say, starting with the book of Genesis and then working all the way through the Bible. You listen carefully and see if this young fellow this this child, nine-year-old child, doesn't have it right. Here it is. I would like to tell you about what I've learned this year from reading through the Bible during Project 4-4. This project is based on the scripture Matthew 4-4, which says, Man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. God speaks to us through the Bible. And what I think the Bible's trying to tell us is it's telling us how to live and it's helping us know God better by telling us his characteristics. One of the main characteristics the Bible tells us about is God's love. God loves us so much that he wants us to be his, follow him, and worship him only. The Bible starts in Genesis 1-1, which says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That scripture shows that God is the creator of all things. After that came Adam and Eve, 
and Adam and Eve made the bad choice of eating the fruit off the tree of life that allowed sin to enter the world. And soon that sin got so bad that God just decided to destroy the earth. But he saved the one righteous family, the family of Noah. And so after Noah came Abraham. And Abraham had such great faith that God rewarded him with being the father of many nations. And so after Abraham came Moses. And Moses led God's people out of Egypt and through the desert during hard times. And, and he was a great leader and he loved God. And after Moses came the period of the judges. And at that time, the Israelites were getting into a cycle where they would fall away from God, trouble would come, and they would cry out to God. And God, being the loving God that he is, would send a judge to rescue them. And that was God's way of letting the Israelites have a leader. He didn't want them to have a king or a queen like all the other nations of the world because he wanted his people to be different. So he used judges instead of kings. And there were many great judges like Gideon and Samson and Samuel and Deborah. And, but soon the Israelites got greedy and they wanted a king too. And so they told Samuel, who was the judge at that time, that they wanted a king. And so Samuel went to God in prayer about it, and God said, anoint Saul king over the Israelites and let them see what he would do to them. So Samuel did what God said, and Saul was a pretty bad king, too. And so after Saul came David, and David loved God with his whole heart and wrote almost the whole book of Psalms, which is praise to God and how he delivers people from his enemies. And, and so after David came Solomon. And Solomon, and one night God came to Solomon in a dream. And he asked him for anything that he wanted. He could even have all the splendor of the world if he wanted to. But Solomon didn't ask for riches. He asked for wisdom. And God blessed him through that. And Solomon also built the temple for praise to God. And after Solomon, the kingdom split into two parts, Israel and Judah. And Israel's kings were bad all down the line, like Jeroboam and Nadab and Ahab. And Judah's kings were pretty much the same, although they did have a few good kings, like Asa and Josiah and Hezekiah. And also at that time, the Israelites were getting into that same kind of cycle with the judges. But instead of sending a judge, God sent a prophet. And prophets would tell about the future and what would happen if the Israelites didn't turn, didn't turn back to God. And some, like Isaiah, even told about Jesus, the coming Savior. And after all the kings and the prophets... There were 400 years of which nothing was recorded in the Bible. And then the Bible starts back in the New Testament. And Jesus was born into the world. And he taught and told parables and did miracles so that we might believe in God and turn back to him. But that wasn't all God had in store for his son. He wanted him to die on the cross for our sins. So that's what Jesus did. He took all of our sins upon us 
so that he so that we wouldn't have to die for them and then to show his power over death god raised his son back up from the grave and so after jesus had ascended into heaven and gone back to live with god the holy spirit came upon the disciples and they started to teach and preach in different in different languages and also at that time there was a man named saul and saul was and Saul what he thought was right was to beat Jesus followers and if he didn't have them beaten he had them thrown in jail or even killed and on his way to a city called Damascus God blinded him with a bright light and Jesus called out from heaven Saul why are you hurting me and so that bright light blinded Saul and so God called Ananias to teach and preach to Saul about God and later Saul was baptized and he and he and his sight returned. He also changed his name to Paul. And Paul went around to many countries teaching and preaching about God's word and he and he was really in depth about it and he wrote a good portion of the New Testament about all those letters to God's people like Galatians and Ephesians and Philippians and all these other letters. And also at that time, James and Jude and Peter and all these other people were writing letters to God's people also. And then after all those letters, then John wrote one final letter to the seven churches in Asia about a vision that he had. And that's where Revelation comes in. And, Revela and Revelation is all about John's vision of what would happen in the end. God would destroy the earth separate the people into two groups one group being the people who chose to not obey god and not serve him and the other group would be the people who did follow god and so and so god would be victorious over evil and satan and all his followers would be thrown into the lake of fire but the people that obeyed god and served him would be rewarded with eternal life in heaven and so think of the Bible as a movie. And you wouldn't just rent a movie and go to scene selection and say that this part looks interesting, I'll start here. Because then you don't know who the characters are, what they're doing, why they're doing it, and where they are. So just like you have to watch the whole movie to get the whole picture, you have to read through the whole Bible to see what God's saying. Because if you read one book, you might think that God's waiting for us to mess up because he's getting his people in trouble all the time. And if you read another book, you might think that he has all this love and compassion toward us, and you get confused. And so, and so I've learned a lot during Project 4-4, and I hope you have too. It's been a great experience. <laughs> oh, oh, man, from the mouth of a nine-year-old. Isn't that wonderful? Well, Rich, you know what? Our time is getting so short. Um, do we have time for one listener comment? Sure we do. Here is Susan from Arkansas. Hi, this is Susan from Arkansas, and I just want to tell you I do appreciate your station very much. It's my constant companion. It's amazing how at just the right moment you hear the right thing to set your day on the right course. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, Thank no, you, Susan. Susan. And, Dad, here's a lady that really enjoys and appreciates John MacArthur's ministry. 
My name is Rosemary. I stumbled upon John MacArthur's Grace to You Ministries about three years ago. I appreciate and am very grateful for his boldness, steadfastness, and faithful attitude to stand firm on that truth. Bye-bye. we got to take one more. Okay, here we go. I have been listening to Bot Radio for many years now. I listen to it on my drive-in, my drive home. I have so thoroughly enjoyed it and look forward to it daily as it helps me with my walk with the Lord. And here's a man that listens to Bot Radio Network on his zero-turn mower as he's cutting the grass. Now, this is Rich, and I got in on the last little bit of the Paul Harvey with the turning to the left, where the old China country that lost because they turned everything to the left like we're starting to do. I sure hope we get to hear that again. That was phenomenal. You're on all the time when I'm on my zero turn or in my truck. Thanks and God bless. What is the number, Rich? 1-800-345-2621. Okay, this is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, with this chapter, The Complete Story, for all of us. (laughs) I'll see you later. 